a short in my jack. <laughs> well, good morning, Revolution. Welcome to our worship celebration. Hope you guys are having an awesome holiday weekend. If you're watching from home, welcome as well. We're so glad you've decided to join in with us. If you guys feel comfortable standing for a little while, let's jump up. Let's sing a little bit. When darkness tries to roll over my bone, sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. When brokenness and pain are all I know, I won't be shaken. I won't be shaken. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I Standing in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Well, fear no longer has a place to hide. afraid to leave the past behind I won't be shaking I won't be shaking my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in Oh 
thank you for your guiding presence, Lord. We just thank you for the direction that you offer us. And we just ask this morning for courage to be able to surrender our lives to you, to be able to trust you, to be able to follow you without fear. So bless us with the spirit of courage that we need, even in this moment, Lord. Allow us the opportunity to surrender to you fully. 
to let go of any baggage or burdens that weigh us down this morning, that we can give you our full attention and focus and devotion this morning, and deliver unto you an offering of praise that you are, you are worthy of. Holy Spirit, have your way with us in this place, we ask in your holy name.
as mulheres. You sound beautiful this morning. It's good to see you. Glad we can gather uh, together again after you know that many of us, uh, we celebrated our sort of week of service with two different mission teams that went out um, this past week. Um, One to the Hinton Center in North Carolina and another that served right here in the Portland neighborhood in Louisville. Um, And I can't wait to hear even more about that experience, but I put together just a little bit of a highlight video so that we could celebrate this morning and so that uh, those of you who supported it and prayed for us while we were there um, can get a little bit of a snapshot of the work that you were a part of simply because you're a part of this body of believers, this church family, and we sent 25 people this past week in these two different experiences, including two of our youth. And I am, I think this is a good, I'm incredibly proud of you and of us for being witnesses and for being a part of the revolution. And so you're going to see a a couple of videos of different teams. We had one team in North Carolina um, that replaced and extended two wheelchair ramps for a Korean War veteran who was 90 years old. And we had another team um, who worked on a screened-in porch and built garden boxes for another senior in the community named Mickey. And they also played with bats. I think that's what they did most of the time. She had bats that lived at her house. Um, and so you'll see a little bit of that. And then our Portland team, um, they worked with hand-in-hand ministries in the Portland neighborhood. And they worked, uh, they did some, it looked like you built some picnic tables. Are you doing that? A little bit? Okay. So they did some work with the Hope Bus. And they worked on one neighbor's home in the community. And they also served with the table. Uh, and so let's take a look.
right. We just had an incredible time, not just serving, but also in fellowship and community and experiencing the love of God in so many ways. You know, we've just come out of a, a series called Rooted. This is part of our DNA. This is part of who we are. Reveal, resurrect, release. We are a people who are on mission to release the love of God in lots of different ways. And this doesn't even reflect the handful of people that we had, I know, go out yesterday morning to our homeless camps with some of our leaders here. They go in, go out week in and week out every single Saturday morning because you all are a people. 25 people plus some yesterday. That's an incredible sort of percentage of our worshiping community that is on fire to serve. And this is something that we're going to keep doing because it's part of our DNA and it's who we are and it's who God calls us to be. And so you've already heard me announce that next summer we're going to be going to reconnect with our mission partner through Go Ministries, uh, Pastor Raphael. We're going to be going to the Dominican Republic June 25th through like July 3rd, 2nd or 3rd. And we're going to be having some info sessions in August. Uh, Mike Schaefer and I. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Okay. Mike Schaefer and I will be leading those uh, conversations on August 13th and August 27th. Two opportunities for the same info session. If you are interested in joining us on mission next summer in the Dominican Republic, partnering with Rafael in a community called Lamina, which is a new development outside of Santiago. Um, he's building a church there. The, the community is sort of, they're building homes there. It, it's a really exciting opportunity with hopefully a chance to do a medical experience and clinic as well uh, in Lamina. I encourage you uh, to, to talk to Mike or I or come to one of those info sessions. We will also have another Louisville option next summer. Janice Miller-Smith is our fearless leader. And I am so proud of her. I am so proud of her for saying yes when she felt God calling her to say, hey, there's stuff that we can be doing in our own hometown too. And we can do it. We can do it both at the same time. And so I'm thank so grateful for you. Uh, and, and so stay tuned for that. Um, but our info sessions will be in August. And you saw pictures of the people who are on service. And our hand-in-hand -hand team are wearing their shirts this morning. You guys talk to them. Ask them about their experience. They are so excited to share with you about what they experienced, about what they saw, about how God worked. As Steve Smith called them, Tales of the King. We're excited to share with you Tales of the King that we experienced this last week. Uh, and so I encourage you to do so uh, this morning. Okay, I wanted our kids to see our, our highlight video. So I worked on that. I was like, look, look, what I, look how much I've learned, you guys. <laughs> Are you so impressed? <laughs> okay, so we can release now our revolution kids. You guys can go on upstairs. We're so glad that you are here. <laughs> Kindergarten through fifth grade is going upstairs. Looks like Miss Debbie is already up there ready for you. All right, well, this morning we're going to continue in our series, uh, Summer of Psalms. We've been taking a look at the book of Psalms and learning how it can be a prayer book for us in every season and every emotion, no matter what we are going through. We don't have to clean ourselves up before we go to God in prayer, and the Psalms gives us permission. They give us permission. I quoted a few weeks ago uh, that Anne Lamott says the only three prayers that you need in life are help, thanks, and wow. Help, thanks, and wow. But I had someone come up to me at our birthday party a few weeks ago and say, yeah, but I think there's one more we're missing, and it's the prayer of lament. And she said, really? 
But that's the one we're missing. So hope, thanks, wow, and really? And I know Micah gave you a good dose of that last week when we talked about lament and we talked about psalms of vengeance even that mention some, some violent emotions. Maybe some of you have been there. And she, she led us last week and what to do in those moments in prayer. So this week we're going to turn to something called the Psalms of Wisdom. And it's simply, I mean, pretty straightforward. It's simply prayers asking for wisdom. And you can think of this as kind of a subcategory of prayers for help. Help thinks, wow, really? <laughs> or like, arg, maybe that one. What did you say last week, Micah? Oh, <laughs> yeah, no words. <laughs> Actually, lots of words, but it was cursing psalms. This is true. I'm going to stick with help, thanks, wow, <laughs> and maybe arg. That makes me think of peanuts, though. That doesn't really <laughs> capture it. Really? 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 So this would just be considered a subcategory of psalms for help, specifically asking for the guidance, for the direction for the wisdom of God. How many of you guys have been there? Yeah. I want you to think right now of a moment in your life when you were really desperate to hear direction from God. What do I do? Where do I go next? I need some help here. And I want you to turn to your neighbor, someone you didn't come with this morning. You did not share a car. <laughs> and I want you to share with them that moment in your life where you were just desperate for a little bit of direction like God just write it in the sky because I don't know which way I, I want to go but I want to honor you I want to follow the will of God and I need some wisdom okay you have 20 seconds go Okay, that was longer than 20 seconds. I'm not good at telling time. I have time blindness, says someone I respect. Time blindness. Okay, if you're feeling bold, what was it for you? I shared with Mike, it was when I was trying to decide where to go to seminary. And it was between two schools, one in Nashville, one in North Carolina. And the easy option was Nashville. That was the easy, it was 
it was closer to home, it was comfortable. I'm not going to say the name <laughs> from the pulpit. <laughs> it was closer to home. There was somebody I really cared about who lived in Bowling Green, this boyfriend at the time. And I thought that that's where, but for a year, I was stressed and in turmoil of what to do, where to go. I need a little help. What about you? Yeah. Janice is sharing about when she knew that God was telling her, you need to lead the Louisville mission trip. And she said, no, I don't want to. And now you have the full confidence and trust of your pastor, and we're in it. We are in it to win it. Yeah, but she, the prayer was, it's not, that's out of her comfort zone. The prayer was, I need help. I need guidance. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Lindsay. Yes. Woo. How excited are we and terrified. Lindsay is getting, I'm going to repeat it for those who watch online because I know they can't hear it out there, but Lindsay is in the middle of it right now. She's like, I don't need to think about it. I'm in it in the middle of changing careers, she knows that she's in the middle of the change, has no idea what that career is going to be. Yeah, need a little wisdom. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. We've been there. We've been there. Yeah. Yeah. And the end of that story is she did it, and she's awesome. Yeah. Deciding whether or not to go to nursing school with three small kids at home. Yeah, and now those are no longer small kids. Less than two weeks till the oldest gets married. Yeah. You might still need a little help right now. <laughs> Prayers for wisdom and guidance in this life change. Yeah. So you have a list of them here. I was going to have us read Psalm 119. Jan knows. A little Bible trivia for you, a little fun fact. Remember this, for the next time we have trivia night, longest book in the Bible, Psalm 119. And so I thought the teaching could simply be us just reciting it. Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you don't fall asleep, I'm going to direct you, right? So half of you will stand up and, and then the other half, and I'm just kidding. No, we're not going to read Psalm 119, but... If you would like to know, if you just, hey, I need prayers for help right now, and I would like to articulate that, here are a few. Again, this is sort of a subcategory of prayers for help, and we've already listed many of those. But the one that I think we're going to turn and look at this morning is actually Psalm 25. Before we get there, something I want you to know is that in the ancient Near Eastern culture of kind of this idea of, of wisdom... It had to do with ordering life in society. It had to do with pleasing God and pleasing others. It was about ordering life, uh, observing kind of life and society and nature. But for the people of Israel, it was a bit more than just that. For the people of Israel living in this culture in this time, wisdom had this distinct sort of, yes, it was about ordering your life, but this distinctness of the centrality of life had to, had to give fear of the Lord as the center part of life. God alone is the center and focus, and proper fear of him, says Psalm 111, proper fear of the Lord is what opens the path of wisdom. We've talked about this before, but what we mean by fear is not just like, it's not terror, it's awe and reverence and honor and overwhelmed by the power and majesty of God. 
but also the one who is close to the brokenhearted, who comes to us, who is our refuge and our strength of just, wow. (laughs) Having fear of the Lord as the center of life is what opens to the path of wisdom. The way of wisdom, you might say, is the way of godliness. The way of godliness. And we started in Psalm 1. The whole book of Psalms opens by saying, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. And we said that this kind of reveals one of the themes throughout Psalms, which is about Torah and the law of God, and meditating on that day and night. This kind of idea of following the commands and keeping the commands of God and seeking his will, seeking his way. There's a thread of wisdom even here as we open the book of Psalms. And this is related, of course, to all of the wisdom literature and scripture is sort of referred to as Proverbs, Job, and Ecclesiastes. This is a collection, the collected wisdom and teachings of generations of godly people, of the people of Israel, recorded here, of people who are trying to figure out sort of the complexity and yet the simplicity of living wisely of what do we do, how do we follow God's will, how do we grow and become more godly in godliness, this way of wisdom as a way of godliness. Probably my favorite Proverbs comes from Proverb, my favorite Proverb comes from chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, central to life. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Healthy and proper fear of the Lord opens up this path of wisdom, and it's seeking the wisdom of God that leads us to a way of godliness. But how how easy is that? (laughs) Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Do not be wise in your own eyes. How often instead are we tempted to, no, I got it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to fix this. I'm going I'm to seek the wisdom and guidance of my friends and family. And that's not a bad thing. But how often in these moments and these crossroads in life when, we're see- when we-, we need some help and wisdom, our first step isn't always to take it to the Lord in prayer. At least my first step in a spirit of confession is to try to figure it out on my own. I'm going to ask a lot of people. I'm going to, I'm going to weigh the pros and cons. I'm going to make an amazing list. Because I am really good at making lists. And I'm going to, maybe even at moments in that process, I feel pretty wise in my own eyes. <laughs> Pat myself on the back. I don't know about you, but for me, this is hard. This is hard. So I need help. And I think that's what these prayers of wisdom, these psalms of wisdom offer us. They literally offer you a blueprint, a roadmap, a script even, for how to take it to the Lord in prayer first. 
for how to seek God's wisdom and God's counsel first. And when we do that, kind of over a period of time, consistently becoming a part of our life and our, our prayer life, it, it's, it shapes us into pursuing godly wisdom, not just in certain circumstances, like how I jokingly referred to, like, I've given you this list of all these categories of psalms and how, like, okay, this is where I, how I'm feeling right now. So I'm going to go to, like, the concordance of psalms, and I'm going to pray this one right here. Like, I'm feeling ragey today. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Psalm 38. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 137. I'm feeling this. You can use it that way, but what happens when you repeatedly use the book of Psalms as a prayer book for your life over time, it shapes you to where you're seeking the wisdom of God with your whole life and all that you do, becoming more godly, seeking the will and way of God, not just in certain, certain circumstances, but with your whole life. So we're going to look at Psalm 25. And although I'm not going to have us read all of Psalm 119, I am going to have you read this one with me. But don't worry, it's only 22 verses. So we can handle that. Piece of cake. Piece of cake. We can handle that. So my part will be in white and italicized. And we're going to kind of do an old-timey, like, call and response here. Your part will be bold and in, like, orange-yellowy, whatever this decided this morning. It was supposed to be yellow. So this is Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will, he, him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. Oh, guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me. For I wait for you. Amen. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
This psalm begins, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. And that word here for soul in Hebrew, I mean, it really is referring to the living soul, the whole life, all of who you are. And another word for to lift up is simply to make an offering. So what the psalmist is saying here at the very beginning is, I offer you my whole life, my whole self. In you, oh my God, I put my trust. And why? Because the psalmist knows that he can trust God because of God's steadfast love and faithfulness. He says, for you are the God of my salvation. And throughout, he recalls that steadfast, that, that word there, it's, it, should, it should remind us of this covenant relationship, this kind of covenant love that God had with the people of, of Israel. He's recalling here God's mercy, God's faithfulness from of old, recalling that covenant relationship and offering himself to God that's accompanied by different requests to teach the psalmist God's way. At the beginning, make known to me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Let me in your truth, lead me in your truth and teach me. So even here at the beginning, this is not just supposed to be a psalm for a certain circumstance, but a prayer for a life fully offered and lived with God, following his will and his path and in his good way. The way of wisdom is the way of godliness. But here too, we also have, and you've heard us say this before, another one of those acrostic poems where each line starts with another letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And because of that, it's like, is there logical sense here? Or is it just like, I'm just going to make a list and write out different petitions? Some scholars are like, eh, I don't know. It's hard. There's not really like logical sense here, but there seems to kind of be a pattern and the pattern is that there are a series of petitions that we have here that are kind of grouped together, 2 through 3 and 4 through 7, 16 through 18 and 19 through 22. You have these series of petitions. Let me not be put to shame. Make me to know your ways. Lead me in your truths. 4 through 7 is when he says, remember your mercy, O Lord. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions, but be gracious to me. In the last group there of 16 through 22, he says, Be gracious to me. Consider my affliction and forgive me. I love this. Guard my soul and deliver me. It's different groups of petitions here. And there's repetitions even at the beginning and the end about waiting on the Lord and not being put to shame. That's repeated in both the top section and the bottom section, which some scholars then sort of says that this kind of draws attention to the center section here. Verses 8 through 15 as being sort of the theological center. They call it a chiasm, kind of, of the repetition of the four. It draws our eye and our attention to sort of the meat of the middle and this theological center. In verses 8 through 10 in this section, there's offering praise to God. The psalmist focuses on the character and the goodness of God. In, in verses 12 through 15, there's assurance about the friendship of the Lord as for those who fear them, recalls the covenant. And so scholars are like, okay, so here's the middle section, 
and then sandwiched between this sort of praise and assurance that focuses on the goodness and the, the action and the character of God is the really heart of the, I mean, it's halfway through, verse 11 of 22 is the heart of the psalm. Verse 11, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. It's like all throughout the psalm, the psalmist is seeking the wisdom and direction of God and yet also acknowledging, hey, I've messed up. I haven't always trusted in you. I have, I have often relied on my own wisdom and on my own strength. There's this theme of forgiveness and of pardon and of the mercy of God and looking back to trust the mercy and faithfulness of God to then say, now lead me into the future. I trust you, for you have forgiven me. I love one scholar who just said, this psalm tends to, it tends to lend itself less toward commentary and more just toward verbalization. I thought, well, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Less, it, it's less about commentary and what we can kind of nitpick out and what it all means and all that structure that I just showed you, and more about, like, just pray it. Just say it. Just use it. It's more about the verbalization of it. And I thought, well, that's, that's pretty good. If you'd been given an assignment in school, like write an exegetical paper on Psalm 25, I think I would have opened by saying, this lends itself less toward commentary and more just toward verbalization. Like, you just need to pray it. You just need to use it. And so that's honestly what I encourage of you. Sit with it. Pray it. And in so doing, I think this psalm reveals to us sort of the posture that we as, as followers of Jesus and believers in God today, this sort of posture that we can take on when we are seeking the wisdom and counsel of God. There's sort of a few nuggets that we can pull out of, okay, I can mirror the posture that this psalmist is articulating. And that's the first one would just be how to pray for wisdom. Remain humble. He says in verse 9, he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. This idea that those who trust in God will be characterized by humility and openness to God's teaching. I mean, we can't receive God's wisdom and guidance if we're not going to be humble enough to be open to it, to be teachable, right? Be humble enough to be taught, to, to say, I don't know it all, I, I need to learn, guide me. And the second would be to seek forgiveness right there at the center of the psalm, the, the heart and, and spirit of the psalm in verse 11 is pardon my guilt for it is great. And there's this sense that forgiveness and humility kind of go together, huh? <laughs> we got to be humble to seek the forgiveness of God because that, that requires admitting that we have done wrong, that we have messed up. I need to be forgiven. That requires humility. And there's also this theme that this sort of uh, learning and forgiveness, they, they go together. Humility and forgiveness, they go together in the learning process. That's what growth looks like. If we're going to grow, if we're going to grow in godliness, if we're going to become more like Christ, we have to be humble enough to be honest about the mistakes that we've made. We have to be open to receiving direction and teaching and guidance 
and then have the courage to, to follow. It's sort of the spirit of, I, I think, the quotes attributed to Maya Angelou that says, do the best you can until you know better, and when you know better, you do better. You can be honest about the past and ways that you have messed up and that you didn't always know better, and, but now that I do, I'm going to do better. That's the growth process. That's what learning looks like. It's a combination of being humble and seeking forgiveness. And then three, probably one of my favorite themes of this psalm is to wait with hope. How can we pray for wisdom? We have to wait with hope. And it's a theme that emerges throughout the psalm because three times it is repeated, for you I wait for the Lord. I will wait for the Lord. And the term wait here actually translate in Hebrew. It's the same word that you could translate to mean to hope. This word here means both to wait and to hope. For Israel, that waiting and hoping was for that coming messianic king. If those two themes all throughout the book of Psalms is the study of Torah and the looking forward to future with hope, that was the waiting with hope. That's not an idle waiting. That's not a just kick back and, and wait. It's, it's a sense of urgency. It's a sense of promise. It's a sense of hope. It's that active waiting that for Israel was looking forward to and anticipating the coming messianic king. And for us as Christians today, it's looking forward to that day when Christ will return and establish his kingdom here fully. Waiting for God to fulfill God's promises to us. We are called to wait with hope. Waiting is hard. Waiting for these promises to be fulfilled. Like we know these truths. We know these things that we belong to God, that we are loved, that we have been reconciled, that we are new creations. We believe all of those things. And yet we still wait with hope for the fullness of these promises. For God's promises to be kept. That Jesus will return. Waiting is hard. It's honestly, it's the thing I, I resonated most with this psalm because I've discovered in the last six months that I'm not very good at waiting. I knew this about myself, but when you're actually, you know, plucked and dropped right in the middle of the situation, you're reminded. I need to pray the words of this psalm, which is why I encourage you just to sit with it. Probably the most powerful thing I did over the past couple weeks in preparation for today was simply just praying this psalm sitting in the words, seeking forgiveness, trying to remain open and humble to hear the voice of the Lord and reminding myself, Rachel, you got to wait with hope. I needed to pray these words, God, I wait on you all day long because of your faithfulness and your mercy and your love. Because of how you have provided for me in the past, I put my trust in you. There's a whole lot of things I've been waiting on the past six months. <laughs> we were waiting to figure out what school Logan was going to be assigned to. We were waiting for my husband to get a job after three years of changing careers and going back to school and talk about some uncertainty and unknown. We're now waiting for our building to be repaired. Waiting for positions that we have posted to be filled for the right person to come and to serve with our kids, waiting to discern next steps. 
You know, I had a colleague that I met with recently who said to me, you're not very patient, are you? <laughs> and I, was, I don't know this colleague very well. And I thought, woo, making a great first impression. That's good. It was after I was telling them all about how, you know, the church has faced and all the frustration with our, our building and being in a temporary location and waiting and, and my sort of desire of like, I need to hurry things up. We need to figure out what we're doing and what this timeline is and where we're going and I'm going to fix it, right? I hadn't said those words, but I could tell in my own spirit that in my anxiety, that's what I'm more prone to of like, all right, let's go. I got to have the answer. <laughs> Get it done. And the verse three really stuck out to me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. Hit me right in the gut, because that's, that's the underlying fear there, right? The fear of being put to shame, the fear of failure, the fear of not having it figured out. So you gotta, can't, can't let that happen. None who wait on the Lord shall be put to shame, Rachel. It was as if I heard my colleague say in that moment when she said, you're not very patient, are you? <laughs> it's like, just ask my parents. Actually, don't do that. It was, like, it was as if I heard her also say, are you waiting with hope? Do you trust, Rachel, that God's promises will be fulfilled? Do you trust God? <laughs> so in that spirit, I want to offer you a little bit of an update. I want to offer you a little bit of a building update of where it is at our current location, our other current location. The week before, uh, right, was before we left for the mission trip, I checked in. You need to know the roof is done. That was the first long thing we were waiting on. It took several weeks, but the roof is finished. They have actually hung all of the new drywall. They were, hadn't painted yet, but that was the next step. They were waiting on the subcontractor for the HVAC. Um, that was a different contractor than the one I spoke to. Um, but, you know, there, we had a unit that was sort of flipped over in the storm. And it was just hung out on the roof for a long, long time. So that was what they were waiting for the week before last and then after that was in place, the HVAC, they were going to be uh, hanging all of the new ceiling tiles up in the second floor. They're replacing all of the ceiling on the second floor where it had fallen down and, and filled with water. And especially in that big open section where you want it to match, right? They're replacing all of that. When I checked in and talked with them, they had hung the drywall. That was finished. Uh, but they were replacing all of the lights as well on the second floor. And their next step with those two contractors was going to be working on the ceiling. And after that, the last thing they'll do is put in new carpet. But it reminded me, it occurred to me, it could be several more months of this process before our building is ready. The property managers have not given me a firm timeline, but that's because they don't know a firm timeline, because we're in the process of waiting, waiting on other contractors, waiting for this work to be done. And it could be several more months before our building is ready. Our one board has been active this summer. We have a subcommittee of our one board who's simply been asking, what's next? What's the right step for us? Do we return? Do we not? Looking at options, talking to denominational leaders. And all I can say is that there are no leads right now. They're just doing our homework for us in this discernment process. 
So I do not know how long we will be in this space. My hunch is that it will be several more months and that we need to take a deep breath and settle in together. We are the revolution of God, right? You, you have always had, we have always had this revolutionary spirit where it doesn't matter where we meet or when, it's about the gathering of the people and we are happy to be anywhere. But I know that there's a sense of, but when, is, when are we going to go back home? When are we going to go back home? And so I just want to invite you with me this morning to when Jesus comes, says Sharon. That's right. Amen to that. That's when we're going home. That's the better answer now, when Jesus returns. But I want to invite you this morning to wait with hope with me. I think you could hear my heart this morning and share. It's been frustrating, right? It's been frustrating to not know, for it to be so slow in some of that rebuild, for some of these answers to go uh, so some of these questions to go unanswered. As your leader that's been seeking some of this, I've been frustrated. But I invite you with me to wait with hope this morning because we know and we trust in God that God's promises will be fulfilled. That God provides, that God sustains, that God leads us. Wait with, in hope with me and in faith that God will provide. Will you wait in hope with me that the most fruitful days for Revolution Church are still ahead of us? To wait in hope with me that the right location and the right answers and the clarity and the wisdom will all be revealed to us in God's timing. And know that we are listening. Like I'm ready for that answer. So join me in that spirit of prayer, too, of waiting with hope and praying. And as we wait, we're going to continue to offer our whole lives to God for his mission and purpose. We're going to pray for not just our leadership, but you join us in prayer for our whole church. And having some of these uh, things come to fruition, we're going to continue to gather together and to learn God's ways, to be humble enough to learn. Teach me your ways, O God. We'll study and we'll pray and we'll follow the way of Jesus because that's what we've been called to do. And we will continue to seek the forgiveness of God that calls us in that spirit of humility to be honest, to confess, to return to God, and to stay on mission to follow Christ with all that we have. So would you help me maybe this morning and join me in that spirit of we are waiting with hope that all shall be revealed in God's timing So we remain humble, we seek forgiveness, and we know and trust that God's promises will be revealed. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you are our provider and our sustainer. God, even in the middle, in the middle of it, in the middle of the uncertainty, in the middle of the, in the, in the chaos some days it feels, that you are God, and that you are holy, and you are good, and you are worthy, worthy of our praise. So how could we offer you any less than our whole selves and our whole trust? God, we put our trust in you this morning, and we know that those who wait on you and those who trust in you will not be put to shame. You will not let us fail because you are our God and we love you. 
So God, I ask that you would come, Holy Spirit, come. Comfort us. Give us the courage that we need. Lead and guide us. May we be open to your ways that you may instruct us as we continue to live lives after you. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning as we come to receive, we have an opportunity to come in that spirit of humility to say, I need grace, I need help, I need direction, and I trust you that you, as you provided for us so many years ago and offered yourself for the forgiveness of our sins, you continue to offer us the bread of life that we need, our sustenance for the journey. So just as on that night Jesus took bread and gave thanks to God and broke the bread, gave it to his friends and said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this as often as you can in remembrance of me, in remembrance of God's mercy and faithfulness and goodness, in remembrance of his mighty acts of salvation. We take this cup, the cup of the new covenant, the blood of Christ poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And you're invited this morning to take and drink in remembrance of Christ. And so God, we ask that you would pour your Holy Spirit out on us here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Would you truly make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, redeemed, signs of your glory and your hope, your hands and feet in a world that desperately needs your light. By your spirit, oh God, would you make us one with you and one in ministry to the ends of the earth until Christ comes in final victory and we can feast at that great heavenly banquet. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to invite those who will be serving this morning to come at this time. We'll have our two stations here. You're invited to take a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup as that visual reminder of the body and blood of Christ that's been given for you. This is also our time to respond in prayer in praise, in song, in offering all that we have for the fullness and, of, of God's kingdom that is coming. This is the time in our service where we take up our offering, our morning tithe and offering, and you can do so in our buckets here or online. But hear the invitation of Christ that calls you to his table, the offering of the Holy Spirit that sustains and guides us, the spirit of wisdom. And may this time be what you need as you come and receive. Won't you come?
spoke the earth into motion, my soul now to stand. You stood before my failure, carried the cross from my shame. Sin weighed upon your shoulders, my soul now to stand. So what can I say? What can I do? But offer this heart, oh God, completely. So I'll walk upon salvation, spirit alive in me, my life to declare your promise, my soul now to stand. So what can I say? What can I Offer this heart, oh God, completely to you. What can I say? So what can I say? What can I do? But offer this heart, oh God.
please be seated. Good morning, Revolution. If you are visiting with us today, welcome. Please take a moment and fill out a Connect card from the seat pocket in front of you and drop it by the welcome desk in the back where we have a gift for you. Stay up to date on all our events and service opportunities on our website, revolutionky.org, where you can sign up for weekly email updates and join our Facebook community. This Saturday, July 8th, is the final CPR training opportunity from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. To sign up, please contact Rachel Wallace or Karen Garner. Vacation Bible School Food Truck Party is coming July 13th through the 15th. All incoming kindergartners and current Revolution kids are welcome. Invite your friends, neighbors, and family members to join us, and you can register on our website. We have our donation box for J-Town Area Ministries in the back with a list of needed donations. Consider picking up one of the items listed the next time you're at the grocery store to bless the ministry of our neighboring food pantry. Well, that's it for now. Have a great week. Do you want, do you want me to sing? Is that what you're... I mean, we were both young when we first saw her. Just kidding. Okay. That was for Taylor Swift in her honor. It was amazing. I'll talk about it later. But... Thank you for being in worship with us this morning. It's been so great to gather and to be just a part of the presence of God and encouraging and uplifting one another. Uh, and so sign up for VBS if you haven't already. Even if your kids can't come to every night or every session, I think we are going to miss the Saturday session. Rev Kids, you're still welcome. Any session that you can, go ahead and sign up so we have a head count. It's coming up in just a few weeks. There's another thing that I was going to remind and now I've forgotten, but that's okay. It's all right. doesn't matter. Oh, your homework is to pray Psalm 25 and 119. <laughs> you want wisdom, you got to do both of them. <laughs> but no, sit with Psalm 25, y'all, and tell me about it. I want you to uh, join us in prayer for all of the things that we have ahead of our church. It's exciting and terrifying, and that's right where God meets us. <laughs> that's a great place to be. And so would you pray with me? that we can go from this place and live wisely, knowing that no one who puts their trust in God will be put to shame. So let's be the revolution. Amen.